Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. In this sermon episode, Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen is preaching from the title, Live After the Sacrifice, in the sermon series also titled, Live After the Sacrifice. We're glad you're here. Amen. If you have your Bibles, please, please grab them and stand with me and turn with Philippians chapter 2. Starting at verse number five. That's Philippians chapter two and five. If you're able to stand, please stand in reverence to reading of God's holy word. Philippians chapter two, verse five. It reads, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him. And given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I want to preach from the topic today, live after the sacrifice. To live after the sacrifice. In our text today, we see the benefits of sacrifice. However, I believe that the word sacrifice seems to be one that is escaping common cultural vocabulary. You see, to sacrifice means to give up something you want to keep. To sacrifice means that you will endure some pain and some hardship, either for the benefit of yourself or for the sake of someone else in order to get something better on the other side of the sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice if it does not cost you anything. If I give you a shirt and I have a hundred shirts, that's not a sacrifice. That's called generosity. But if I have one shirt and I give you the shirt that I have, I am sacrificing my own comfort for the sake of yours. And many of you know that I am a huge advocate for mental health. But it seems that some have decided that if it costs too much, it's not worth trying at all. And many are satisfied with normal because normal does not require sacrifice. So let me continue to protect my peace. Amen. Let me make sure I have my me time. And let me take my mental health days off from work. Culture today tells us if it's too hard, quit. However, many of us have been taught to push past the pain. 
saying these words today to some may feel as if you are attacking them. But these words serve as motivation to sacrifice comfort right now in order to enjoy the benefits of the sacrifice later on in life. The sacrifice of not fully engaging in the parties in the club and allowed you to graduate on time and not become a six-year senior dropping out with only a few classes to your degree. The sacrifice of going back to school with the whole family, a job, and ministry responsibility allowed you to improve your resume. Amen. And get a better job where you can spend more time remotely at home or the flexibility to hang out more with your family. The sacrifice of denying living an unholy life and committing yourself to righteous living has left you with the testimony, God always take care of me. Amen. Because I've committed to my life to living his word and his way. And today I want to encourage someone through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that your sacrifice today will help you live better after the sacrifice. That when you sacrifice your sleep and go to the gym and sacrifice the wrong food and take in healthy food, it improves your life. When you sacrifice your poor spending with a strict budget, you would notice that you do have enough money where you do not have to live from paycheck to paycheck and you can still give a tithe and an offering. It hurts now, but after a while you would experience the joy of the results of your sacrifice. So the question today is, how can I live after the sacrifice? How can I live after the sacrifice? Number one, we see in the text, you must have a made-up mind. You must have a made-up mind. Paul tells us to let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. He introduces us to the model of humility and servitude, which is Jesus Christ himself. In the first five verses, Paul urges us to this uh, attitude of being humble. Jesus does not use uh, who his daddy is to receive special privileges when he comes to earth. He was humble throughout his life. He was not born in the palace. He is not greeted in this world with a silver spoon in his mouth. He is not laid in a five-star crib, nor does he enjoy the luxuries of life in his birth, but he is refused a proper place of birth. The innkeeper rejects him, and he's born amongst animals and laid in a feeding trough. His earthly father, Joseph, is a carpenter. He was associated with fishermen who were not on the high social status ladder of their community. The religious leaders challenged him and the king did not know who he was. He lived in the slums of Nazareth. Matter of fact, Philip posed the question, can anything good 
come from Nazareth. Isaiah says he'll be despised and rejected. He never attempts to be famous. Jesus was God, but he becomes man. But he's man without the privileges and the honor in which he deserves. Yes, Lord, here it is. Jesus comes to earth, and the Bible says that, that he becomes man. The Bible in John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And if you skip down to the 14th verse of that first chapter of John, it'll say, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Paul suggests that Jesus becomes lower than God when even though he was in the form of God. His humanity is expressed in coming as a man and not a God. Because of humanity, we were kicked out of the garden. Therefore, Jesus had to be human in order to redeem us from our sins. It was by the blood of Adam that we were deemed as sinners and destined to die. But it's by the blood of Jesus we're deemed as saints and destined to live. By Adam's disobedience, sin entered the world. But by Jesus' obedience, sin has been defeated. Because we are so precious to Jesus, he does not attempt to uh, manipulate or attempt to cheat the sacrificial system by being fully God, but he's also fully man, that he can relate to us. He can relate to us with disappointment when Judas betrayed him and Peter denied him. We can re He can relate to us with distress when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane pondering should he call off the mission of the cross or should he pursue it. He can relate to us with grief and bereavement. When his cousin John the Baptist died, we can relate to us uh, with sadness and sorrow and weeping. When his friend Lazarus died, he can relate to us, to those who were less fortunate, who pleaded with him for miracles. He can relate to us that sometimes uh, we have to forgive people even while they're hurting us. Jesus is fully God, but he's also fully man. And that's the greatest reason why I am a Christian. It is because I serve a God who did not think he was too high, that he could not come down low and be with me. Y'all not feeling me in this place. That's why I'm a believer because my God came from heaven, put on flesh, and walked around and dwelt amongst his creation. That's why I'm a Christian because he came down. He came down. The Greek word here in the text for he made himself, uh, it, it is translated as he emptied himself. Notice, my brothers and sisters, the emptying uh, Jesus, which means he poured himself out of God and poured himself into man. Uh, this this word uh, this word emptying himself, you can tell that it was his own act. 
act. No one forced him to do it. He voluntarily did this. He also taken on the form of a bond servant was by, by being born. That was his voluntary act. No one forced him. He offers himself to be sent to earth as a servant of the Father. And if I can use my hermeneutic imagination and step into heaven as God looked for someone to pay for the price of sin, I can imagine God looking around heaven. He sees Abraham. He wonders, can I send Abraham? And then he decides, no, can't send Abraham. Abraham get in trouble and he might lie about something. He's looking around and he said, uh, maybe I I can send David. That's the apple of my eye. And then he realized I can't send David because David has a wandering eye. He may see somebody else's spouse and want to lie with them. And if he get caught, he may kill the husband in return. I can't send David. He looked, maybe I can send Moses. No, can't send Moses. Moses still need a little anger management because whenever he got upset, he went crazy. I wish I had a witness. He, he, he he said, maybe I can send Jeremiah. Nah, can't send Jeremiah. Jeremiah is the weeping prophet. He cried all the time. He couldn't handle things. Uh, it was Jeremiah that was in the pit, but then he realized that he needed to do the work of God, and he said, I couldn't keep it to myself. It was like fire shut up in my bomb. Nah, can't send none of them. And he looked around. Jesus said, Daddy, send me, and I'll go. I, I wish I had a witness here that can thank God that we have a Savior who willingly came. Jesus is the suffering servant for the sinner. He expressed that he did not come to be served, but he came to serve us. This word bond servant means to be devoted to another and sacrifice your own interests on behalf of someone else. It speaks of one who gives him or herself because they want to help somebody else. Jesus uses this method of servitude and extending and advancing his cause toward men to bring them closer to him. He became our servant. Similar to the hit show that I love so much called The Undercover Boss. Yeah, The Undercover Boss, if you ever watched this show, it's where the CEO of major corporations, they leave the confines of their nice homes and they stay in motels. They leave their big corner offices to work on the front line with their workers. And as they work, they begin to see some problems and they notice that some things needed to be changed. They, 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 they often would see that what was required for the workers may have been too much. Ah, I wish I had a witness. And, 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 they, and, and that they, they needed to give some of their employees just a little more grace. Often at the end of the show, they would bless those who they thought needed something major to help them to continue to be great employees. I'm glad we serve an undercover boss. 
Yes, sir. God, Jesus left the confines of heaven, his nice, lovely place, and he came and dwelt among us. He walked around us. He saw what we were going through, and he may have suggested they need just a little more grace. I wish I had a witness. I know we got the law in place, but they need just a little more grace. I, I, I know we've told them what to do, but they need just a little more grace. He's the undercover boss. He felt our pain. He felt the temptation of being in the flesh. And before he goes back to the master, he didn't give us an education like the undercover bosses down here would do. He didn't give us a new home like the undercover boss sometimes would do on the show. But he gave us something to make us not better employees but better Christians. He gave us the Holy Ghost. I wish I had a witness here. Anybody got the Holy Ghost this morning? God gave you something to remind you of who you are when you veer off the wrong track and go down the wrong way. Something to remind you that I am more than a conqueror and greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. If God God before us who can be against us. He gave us something to stand on. Not only, not only must you have a made up mind if you're going to live after the sacrifice, but you see Jesus, he was mission minded. Yes, means nothing could stop him. His mind was made up to fulfill the mission. He emptied himself. He made himself a servant. He humbled himself. Humble means to bring low. It means to assign a lower rank. Jesus demotes himself. Let me say that one more time. Jesus demotes himself that he may be the perfect and final sacrifice for our sins. He humbled himself. It, it may be impossible for us to really grasp the depth of this statement to understand the intensity of what God is telling us here. He who made all men knew the hearts of all men, who had all authority over all men, humbled himself in such a way that he allowed himself to be executed by men. For the Bible says he was obedient even to the point of death, even the death of the cross. The early church did not view the cross in the same way we see it today. It was not simply a a, a form of execution, it was the lowest form of execution. It was reserved for the lowest class of people, for those who had no rights. That Jesus, God incarnate, should die on the cross was indeed a scandal. The crucifixion was the cruelest form of official execution in the Roman Empire. Death often came slowly on the cross came over a period of days as the victims experienced extreme blood loss, thirst, hunger, and attacks from wild animals and suffocation. As they would hang on the cross, they would suffer a great deal of pain until their last breath. But Jesus was on a mission. 
It was on the cross that the true nature of God is revealed. God is love. He, he came to give himself to us, to die for us, to die at the hands of men because that's what it took to redeem us, to buy us back from the condemnation we brought upon ourselves. He died for us. There is nothing that he will ever ask us that will cost us as much as going to the cross cost him. Let me say that one more time. That there is nothing that he could ask us to do that will cost us more than going to the cross cost him. We can never humble ourselves as much as he humbled himself. We must do whatever he calls us to do when he calls us to do it and wherever he calls us to do it. But for many of us, we have already predetermined the things God wants us to do. We have set the parameters of our service unto God that I can only serve on this day at this time. I wish I had a witness here. I, I can't give you my all right now because I got other things that, that I'm dealing with. God gave you life, health, and strength to see every day and every day is a day of thanksgiving and if I have breath in my body I ought to be giving God some praise and that's praise if I'm saying thank you with my mouth that's praise if I'm lifting my hands that's praise if I'm picking up paper that's praise if I'm serving on the door that's praise if I'm singing in the choir that's praise if I'm serving the children that's praise if I'm cooking in the kitchen that's praise if I'm on the musician if that's praise wherever God allows me to be, I'm going to give him glory. I'm going to praise his name because of what he did for me. I don't know about you, but when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. And every time I think about the pain he endured on the cross, uh, the agony he had to go through, it ought to make me lift my hands uh, because it could have been me, but Thanks be to God, he saved me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't care if I can't get in the building, I'll be church in my bedroom. I wish I had a witness here. And I'm not just going to be on, on, on service online while I'm in the gym, while I'm in the grocery line. No, I'm going to give God my full attention. And if I'm going to take out this time that I may be able to worship God in spirit and in truth because I realize how much the the sacrifice uh, he gave for me. I realized how much he gave for me just to be where I am. I wish I had a witness here that can thank God because he did it just for me. I wish I had a witness that could testify God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son uh, that if I believe in him, I shall not perish, but I shall have everlasting life. You better learn how to make the Bible personal and bring it to where you are. The Lord is my shepherd. 
Yes, sir. And I shall not want. He supplied all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. It's because of Jesus. I wish I had a witness here that when you look back over your life, you can testify, I don't even deserve to be where I am right now. Matter of fact, I should be locked up. I should be put up. I should have lost my mind. I should have lost my job. I should have lost my family out of all the mess I put my spouse to through. But thanks be to God, he kept me. Is there anybody else can testify by the grace of the Lord? I I've come a long way. Is there anybody else has that testimony today that I should have been, could have been, but thanks be to God, He kept me. Got a made up mind. I have a mission. I'm mission minded. But finally, and I'm finished. I'll receive meaningful elevation. Yeah, yeah, meaningful elevation. The Bible tells us promotion does not come from the east nor the west, but promotion come from above. I didn't even know that scripture was in the Bible until I was in Afghanistan and, and I had did everything possible to get promoted in the United States Army. I had did all the work. Matter of fact, I was in Afghanistan. I did almost 30 credit, college credits while I was in Afghanistan, not to learn nothing. I just wanted to get promoted. I wish I had a witness here. Some of y'all just going to school to get a job. Amen. You ain't learning nothing. And, 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 and it came down to the last board. I had to go to a board at the end of the year. It came down to the last board. And I waited all year because I've been in school while in Afghanistan working 12-hour shifts, protecting people on the post up all night long from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. And when it got 12 p.m., I went to school. I wish I had a witness here. Don't tell the government, amen, we'll stretch this off the thing. But I went to school, amen. And while I was in school, I wanted to get promoted. But then at the end, they wanted allow me to go to the board. The only thing I needed was to go to the board, but they wouldn't allow me. But it was a private, it was a soldier that was lower ranked than me. And he said, Reverend, you know that promotion, help me today, does not come from the east nor the west, not even the south, but it comes from above. And when I heard that scripture, it forced me to lean and depend on God. I moved to Fort Lee, Virginia. And when I got to Fort Lee, Virginia, I knew all I needed was to get to the board. And if I got to the board, I knew I could get promoted. But when I got to the board, I didn't know when I got in, they'll only ask me two or three questions when they normally would ask 28 to 30 questions. But it was because promotion did not come from the east nor the west, not even the south, but it came from above. And when you do it God's way, God will give you favor. And favor is God taking the work out of it. 
I know I got somebody in the building that can te testify that where I am, he brought me. What I have, he gave me. Who I am, he made me. What I know, he taught me and it is only by his grace. Life. Live after the sacrifice. Too often we look at the sacrifice as being the most difficult thing to do. And baby, it just might be that. But there's something after the sacrifice. I wish I had a witness here. There, there's something greater after the sacrifice. I, I know it's painful now. I know it's difficult now. I know it's tough now. But if you make it on the other side, and don't give up while in the sacrifice. God has a way of giving you some meaningful elevation. The Bible says Jesus dies on the cross for your sins and mine. And when he dies on the cross, he goes down in the grave. But early one Sunday morning, God resurrects him from the grave. And he says, I have all power in my hand. But then Paul, he comes to the text. He said, not only is his power in his hand but his power in his name yes sir because because of his sacrifice because of what Jesus did on the cross the Bible says at the name of Jesus let me bring it down a little bit at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue Yes, Lord, uh, shall confess that he is Lord. Every need that's on earth, that's those of us who are alive. Help me today. And, and every need that's under the earth, uh, that's those of us who've died. Uh, help me today, God. Uh, and every need that's in heaven shall bow. So every angel will bow. Every demon will bow. <laughs> Satan himself will bow. He is the Lord. And I don't know about you. I don't want to be forced to bow. I'm a bow right now. Have I got one witness? He's been too good to me. I'm a bow right now. He woke me up this morning. I'll bow right now. Started me on my way. I'll bow right now. Gave me life, health, and strength. I'll bow right now. Because I believe after the sacrifice, better is coming. Better days are on the way. I know it's hard right now, but better is coming. I know it's difficult right now, but better is coming. Better, 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 better. Say it! Live, live, live. Live. Live after the sacrifice. There's life after the sacrifice. You're not going through this for nothing. I wish I had a witness here. You're not going through the trouble you enduring for nothing. But God has something on his mind just for you. God, have I got one witness here? God, you may be enduring right now, God, but there's life uh, 
after the storm. There's a life after the problem. There's a life after the pain. There's a life after the heartache. If you believe it today, shout yes. Won't it make a way? Won't it bring you out? Yes! Thank you for joining us. We're so happy that you're here. Please continue to connect with Mount Zion Baptist Church on our Facebook page, YouTube channel, and our website, mtzlife.com. We continually put out new content, so be on the lookout and turn those notifications on. Looking forward to seeing you back here soon. Have a blessed day.